In the great bowels of the internet, there are assembled the world's two most prodigious podcasters created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Joe, a chubby Italian nebbish with a slamming tan, and Gomez, a Puerto Rican, when convenient, who doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Their mission combine their love of all things pop culture to present the most important podcast on the planet. When their powers are assembled, they form the mighty Carjoman! Hello everyone and welcome to episode 316 what? of the Car Joe Mez Podcast. What? I'm Mez. What? And my co-host as always is... What? I'm the magistrate of Caravan City. What? I'm it. one half what? of the FWF what? Tag Team Champions. What? I collect toys. What? I watch movies. What? I watch TV. What? I take naps. What? I'm Joe of the Car Joe Mez Podcast. What? <laughs> How you doing, bro? Well, I mean, you just heard my list of accomplishments, so I would say I'm doing pretty damn good. You are. Yes, you are, bro. The champ is here. Oh, baby. And Gomez, as this episode drops, we are just three, count them, three days away from FWF Live for Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, Knights of Columbus. Me and Brian Myers defending our titles against Larger Than Life. Uh, I do not think this is a stretch to say this is one of the bigger matches of my life. I should probably come late to the show, right? Because you main event, and I, I assume it's it's I would disclose so. I who, mean, who, who could possibly follow this? I mean, it's all downhill, folks. Come on, don't do that to yourselves. I mean, what are you gonna watch? A Heath versus PJ Black? <laughs> Can't wait. Matt Cardona Rick? versus Maven. Oh, oh, he's finally getting his revenge on Maven. Colt Cabana versus Smart Mark Sterling versus VSK for the FWF championship. Ooh, that title don't matter. No, because you know what titles matter? The tag team titles. And exclusively, Gomez, there will be a tag team belt pin available at FWF Live 4 for sale. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I can't wait. We're excited. The family's excited. We're all excited. Sunday. It's gonna be a fun day. I am uh I am a combination of anxious and nervous for it. Oh, I don't know. I, I I've tried hard to get myself ready for this. I do not think I have accomplished um <laughs> really as much as I would have liked to. <sighs> life life has gotten in the way quite a bit over the past month and um but I, I'm I'm excited. It's going to be fun, but like I'm nervous. So if if you can't be there live, you can watch live on Fight TV for 19.99. It's it'll be there, and if you buy it once, you get uh you get it forever. So it'll go in oh. your your library, and you could keep it forever. Watch that me a good. billion times. That that is a bonus. That is great. I hate that shit be disappearing. You got 24 hours to watch this, or else no. So if you even if you're West Coast, it's a PM Eastern time start. And then uh, you can watch it when you wake up because I assume 2 p.m. East is kind of like, I don't know, 5.30 on the West Coast. I don't know how time works. So I'm sure I don't care about California. I don't pay attention to them. 
for I mean, if you're across the world, like all our Australian listeners, it's probably like Thursday, I guess, for you guys. I don't know. Oh, happy Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> how you uh how you surviving over there? How'd that hurricane treat you? I, you know what? Um now normally I'm in central Florida and we're like we may get some rain and some winds, yeah, but we're usually not so. like in the eye of the hurricane. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got a lot more than I really expected. <sighs> Crazy. But because I was uh shacked up at the old Shusa hut for the for the couple of days, I didn't realize like kind of how bad things were because <laughs> I guess my apartment complex has some really good drainage. <laughs> so nothing really like I didn't see any flooding. I peeked my head outside, see what's going on. And I'd see some rains, sure. but like the rains to me didn't look like anything out of the norm for, you know, Florida, you know, we, yeah. we get heavy rains quite a bit. So that's not out of the norm. And I would hear the wind whipping up. I'd look outside, see the trees moving. I'd be like, wow, okay, that wind is really whipping out there. But for the most part, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad until I had to go back to work. And I saw the flooding and the down trees and the down power lines and all this. And I was like, what in the hell happened on this side of the world? Crazy. I'm glad to hear you drove to work. That means your car did not get washed away. I was so nervous for your new car, bro. Princess Frosta stood strong. She protected the kingdom of snows. Thank God. Oh, that's good to hear, bro. It's been raining over here. We've had the hurricane leftovers for the past couple days. Been real rainy and shitty. Windy. Crazy wind. Obviously, nothing like you guys had. But it's like, oh, my goodness, this wind. Oh, get the f*** out! <laughs> oh, we back got some good back news. The back home runs to lead off the game. How, now, what's happening here today? Because there was supposed to be a doubleheader, right? So there is a doubleheader. This is game two. Oh, they did play? It was raining all day. I didn't see. The, Met, the Mets forced it in at 4 o'clock. Yeah, they played. I, oh, my God. I had no they idea. Won, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm driving. I'm like... Yo, what are they going to do with this fucking double-headed thing? It's been ready to... Wow, so as soon as it fucking stopped, they said, we going. They followed yep. that window and it... Oh, okay. So if you're listening if, if you're listening to this at home, or are we just going to cut this? It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. You can leave it <laughs> in. You can cut it. If you're listening, like, can the Mets still win the division? Yes. Is it unlikely? Yes, because they got swept in Atlanta over the weekend. That fucking sucks. But there's still a chance. So while there's still a chance, I'm still going nuts. And in game two of this doubleheader on Tuesday, they have let off the game with back-to-back-to-back home runs. Nimmo, Lindor, and McNeil all going deep into the night for an early 3 to nothing lead. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. The Braves already lost yesterday against Miami, and they were tied when we started recording today. This is is I mean, I know what will happen is the Braves will end up getting swept by Miami. And the Mets, with we'll a, a win in their end type of thing, will kind of like blow a five-run lead or something in the ninth inning and then have to uh, play in the wild card round instead. I Because that's what the Mets do. I, it's It's been uh, – the, the season has been just so annoying because the team is so good. This is a good baseball it, it team. And you know, we struggled a little uh, the last month here, but it's just also these fucking Braves are just unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, we're going to win 100 games here, 
and be a fucking wild card. That's just bananas. Come yeah. on. Oh, well, that was like last year. You had the Giants and the Dodgers. The Giants won 107 games. I think the yeah. Dodgers won 105. When they're playing one like, game playoff. Yeah. Crazy. At least this year we get uh, three games at home or whatever nonsense. Oh, jeez. I'm not looking for oh, but I'm, I'm excited. I, I mean, even with the, the slump they've been in recently, like this is a good Mets team, man. And the Braves now up two to one on the Marlins in the sixth. Damn it. Mm. Um, if the Braves win or the Mets yes. lose the Mets, so it's it's over. Um, but that doesn't mean we still can't finish strong. Uh, but yeah, so baseball's winding down. We'll go to the postseason. Uh, most likely tomorrow, Friday, we will be opening a wild card series against the Padres. Okay, starts Friday. All right. So I will be uh, in the air at that time. I will be on my way to Albany, New York, Gomez. Oh, Albany. What are you doing over there? Uh, Well, I'm a big wrestler now, so if you want to look into things, maybe you should pay attention. (laughs) I know what's in Albany, bro. (laughs) TNA. That's not what it's called anymore. Impact Wrestling. (laughs) They got pay-per-view or something? Yes, they do. Oh, I'm going to have to watch this pay-per-view. I don't know if you should. I don't know (laughs) if you shouldn't, though. I just don't know. I watch Impact sometimes, sadly. I have a channel on my TV where it plays Impact (laughs) 24-7. Yo, (laughs) so let me... It's crazy. One time... I forget where we were, but it was Brian and I were in a hotel somewhere. We're flipping through the channels, and it was just old school impacts. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and, great. And but I mean, like probably like two thousand, I don't know, four, like Elix Skipper, Chris Daniels, Triple uh, yep. X, like era stuff. And we just sat there like fucking marks and just watched this shit like while pounding seltzers and stuff. Like, yeah, we must have done it for hours. When I'm just bullshit doing something. I'll put it on. It's one of the, my easy channels. I just hit click a button, and it's up. It'd be Christopher Daniels. Then it'll jump to some recent shit. It'd be all over the place. It's so fun. <laughs> Fucking aces and eights. Do you remember, like, and this, if it's not out of the realm of uh, conversation because, like, I'm involved with the major group, so I see people post about it all the time. But, like, I forget quite a bit, like, how kind of over TNA was at one point. Oh, hell yeah, bro. And, like, they had a bunch of good stuff. They were having good matches, good pay-per-views. They had a good toy line with uh, Toy Biz Marvel. Like, those figures were pretty damn good. Like, and you had, like, a Chris Saban action figure. Like, you imagine, like, (laughs) oh, here's your Chris Saban, your Senshi figure. (laughs) Suicide. Yeah. (laughs) Your Jeff Jarrett, King of the Mountain with... NWA title playset. Oh, did they ever make a fucking King of the Mountain <laughs> fucking playset? That'd be awesome. Set up the little penalty box. <laughs> I don't think they made a playset, but I know that I think they did a a Jeff Jarrett package with the like a kid's NWA belt. NWA belt. <laughs> Gotta have that, mommy, mommy. I need the Chris Saban doll. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? Doesn't that sound like ridiculous to say live now? It does, but no, they were crazy popular. Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, fucking hotness. Oh, my God. That AJ yeah. Styles, uh, the Joe AJ Daniels match. Like, ooh. So ooh, so good. Loved it. You Damn. know, I, I, I always think about the Elix Skipper move 
when yeah. he did the Rana off the top that of the the best. The, the six was it six sides of steel or six whatever? Six sides of steel, baby. I love six sided ring. And I always like, and you're like, wow, that's that's fucking dangerous. That's impressive. That's like all of the adjectives. What would have happened if he would have slipped the other way? Uh the show would have <laughs> went on. You know nothing would have happened. <laughs> like sometimes I think about that, like because you know, like he is he's trying to balance and he yes, he so does, he's he's nice, he does his best, but he is falling. You know, and they, the minute he starts running, he's already falling. Yo, answers <laughs> like what would happen if he would have slipped the other way? And I'm like, yikes. Mm, that's a lot of stuff. I I just uh I sent that tweet to you guys of uh Samoa Joe doing the dumbest bump in the history of oh pro wrestling. Oh my god, like when the ice it makes no sense. He <laughs> like, jumped off the balcony onto the steps. Uh so it's Samoa Joe kind of up in the riser seat section of the arena. And you know how like you have the concrete steps with the metal rails in the middle of them, like in any arena for the most part. Yeah. Joe jumps off like a landing of one. He jumps down like I don't know two, three flights to to deliver yeah. one of his his patented one legged drop kicks, <laughs> but he does it in a way where he like he takes the bump. He has to avoid the rail in the middle <laughs> yes. of the the stairway, but then he ends up bumping on literal concrete steps, and it's concrete like oh steps. my god, tailbone! What, what are you doing, bro? He like floats in the air and just whack, and it's just like. And it's Sting. You see, if you don't notice, he's trying to drop oh, kick is that Sting. Sting? <laughs> yes. Oh my God, poor Sting! Sting at that like, point, Sting fuck, would bro? Sting would have been like sixty at that point. He was probably like, "Bro, don't be doing that shit to me." <laughs> Holy smokes! Oh, wrestling's the best. <laughs> I, you know, TNA actually gave us a lot of a lot of really good moments. I mean, remember when they brought the Macho Man back. The best, bro. The best. I always, I, I always joke. I want to do a, a twenty four hour marathon of just TNA. We could have a lot of fun with just the TNA marathon. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know <laughs> if like, I could take that. Right away, as soon as I say that, everyone's like, "I love TNA." I say, "Let's do twenty four hours of TNA." Whoa, I don't like TNA <laughs> like that. <laughs> if you made it, all of the Kevin Nash X Division segments. Oh, well, you know, paparazzi, <laughs> it's going to be there. Come on. Because <laughs> those were just absolutely outstanding. Like, I could watch those a lot. You know, I love my Alex Shelley, so of course. Yeah, you I do. got to have him and Big Kev hanging out. <sighs> oh, TNA. What a time to be alive. <laughs> do not order the pay-per-view expecting to see me. I'm, I'm kidding. I will not even be close to there. <laughs> <laughs> All your friends will be there. You will not be. <laughs> That's true. Brian and Heath, my 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 buddies, had buddies. Heath on the last episode of the Captain's Log. Oh, how was that? Oh, we had a great time. We had a great time. He, Heath's he a good time. Easy. I'm sure he, he's a talker. So we went in there. I asked him about his um his ideal date night. Ooh, and he said. <laughs> It was eating. They make adult lunchables now, what the and fuck? it was it was having adult lunchables in bed while watching um, Netflix with his wife. Is he talking about like a charcuterie board? Is that what he means by an adult lunchable? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> he might <laughs> because adult lunchable. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> 
is the best. <laughs> so my favorite Heath story, Brian, Brian does this Heath impersonation with like everything he says, but he has this one comment he made that is my favorite Heath statement of all time. And it's, man, I got a big Cinco de Mayo booking coming up in June. <laughs> and Heath stopped and he goes, I'd love to say that's not true, but I said it. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I get my months mixed up sometimes, man. It happens. <laughs> oh, you guys. Those guys are just they're living their best lives. They really are. He <laughs> like when they tell you don't meet your heroes, like, no, go meet Heath. Meet Heath and, and revel in the moment. <laughs> what a gem he is. And then if you're listening on Thursday. Tonight, I'll have a new episode of Captain's Log with Smart Mark Sterling, wrestling's most famous lawyer. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, we'll have a good time. Lots to talk about, obviously, with FWF coming up and everything Mark is doing on AEW. He's absolutely killing it. So tons of stuff on the docket. Very nice. Look at you busy. You got any YouTube videos coming up? Bro, I don't even have a chance to. I, I wish I did. I wish I did. I got nothing right now. I'm trying to think. I haven't really seen anything new or exciting to try. Uh, I will. I just saw Zaxby's has a new, um, basically like a loaded fries with ranch and cheese and chicken. Mm, okay. So I think their fries are pretty good. They're crinkle cut but seasoned. All right. That's interesting. I like so that. now you put that with everything else. I think I'm, uh, I am I need to dive in there. Oh, you know, I did. I tried that. Um, I did try the hot ones from Shake Shack. You did. It was good. When you get the sauce, it's nice. Yeah. But like they could over if you're not if you're a moderate hot guy. Like I would consider myself a moderate hot guy. I don't like I like I like a little flavor. I like yes. I like my spices flavor, not to burn sure. me. Yeah. Um if you get too much of the sauce, it could be a lot. Sure. I get that. So with my burger, I felt like I kind of didn't get enough of the sauce. And but on my chicken I felt like I got too much. Mm, that stinks. Yeah. I got, I got the, we tried both. The burger was okay. It works better with the chicken. I think so too. I think it works a lot better with the chicken. Works better with the chicken, the fries, the, the burger fries, was The know. burger was still good. Yeah, it was good. Yes. No complaints. I haven't had a burger from Shake Shack in a while. So it was like, oh, it's nice. Because I'm all about the chicken. But, but the, the, the chicken, I, I think, is superior to the burger. It's a good chicken sandwich. I do think it's pricey for the yeah. portion size you get. But you're eating a quality piece of chicken on a great bun, you know. It, you know, it doesn't. Com- you can't compare it to like the spicy chicken at Wendy's, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's totally different thing. Yeah, it's supposed to be a little, a little fancier, right? So yeah. step up. Like if you're if you're walking into Shake Shack, you know what you're getting into the second yes. you walk in the door. You're spending ten dollars for a fucking burger, like you know. That's the only thing. I love those plays. I love a five guys burger, but I don't want to spend twelve dollars on a burger all the time. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's like I can make it at home for two dollars. Uh, thank you guys for coming through episode three sixteen of the Car Jomez podcast, the longest running podcast in the history of podcasts. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you're listening to it. Leave a five star review. Tweet us that review at Car Jomez. And we will send you an autographed eight by ten as a thank you, won't we, Gomez? Yes, we will. Thank you. Ah, oh, so Gomez, we are now in what week three 
of the six six weeks horror. We had a lot to do this week. Mm-hmm. I actually watched a lot of stuff in addition to what Ooh. we had already planned. Ooh, but before I love that. we dive into all that, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about something I am very excited about. Ooh, what's Mattel up? has finally announced their crowdfunding project for the new uh, Masters of the Universe Origins Eternia playset. Oh, this is interesting. So now so, the original Eternia is like yeah. the grail piece yes. of Masters of the Universe collecting. I bought one about two and a half years ago, fully complete with a box. Not mint in the box, just open, but it has the box almost as an accessory at this point. I spent a lot of money at the time. It is now worth significantly more than I even spent for it at the time. So it was a great buy, a great investment piece if I want to consider it that. But now Mattel is releasing it for the new Origins line. Crowdfunding, they're hoping to get to 5000 Mm-hmm. Price tag $550 with an additional $50 for shipping and then tax and whatever. So it'll be about $650 for this thing. Give or take. Mm, okay. How big is this? Big just like the other it, one? Is it bigger? Yeah. The same? Mm. It's gonna it's gotta be in scale to the other one. Now, my thing is you from the outside looking in. This new playset looks almost like a carbon copy of the original. And so it's I think just that's the what same, they're going for. Same thing, just a new version of it. A, a newer version, probably a little cleaner looking, yeah. you know, whatever. Sure. Maybe uh, the bells and whistles will be a little bit more belly yeah. and whistly, you know, stuff like yeah. that. 2022 version. Do you think that lowers the value of the original? I could see, I, I could get both ways because I, why do I need to spend, well, here, how much is that holy grail? Like a thousand dollars, something like that. Several it's thousand now, probably five thousand. Five thousand dollars. So yeah, I mean, if I could get something that looks just as good for five hundred, well, and that's the thing. So you the you lower the demand for the original. Yeah, you know, I get that because yeah, that I I I would want to spend the six hundred over the five thousand. Yeah, especially if you know, because some people that don't matter. You might want the original, of course, because that's your thing. I'm sure there's plenty of people who just want it because it looks nice. Look at this. It's new, fancy. 600 Yeah, definitely. So now. Hmm. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this affects the market going forward. Um, with everything else, all the other original figures, I haven't really. It seems like it's upped the interest in that stuff okay. and in the higher end pieces as well. You know, there are people buying this stuff. I mean, there's a goddamn He-Man. Con- well, there used to be a He-Man convention. Every year where people would congregate to celebrate He-Man and not just a regular toy convention stuck in the middle of goddamn Ohio. Fucking Ohio, bro. <laughs> but like these things, when when the sellers get them, when they come into them, they are able to sell them. They are able to find buyers for them every time. You, uh, I saw you, you got something else. You got some other He-Man thing in the... Uh... I did. So Mattel yeah. revealed at Comic-Con. Now, they had revealed the Eternia at Comic-Con as well, but they, now it's mm-hmm. just made it onto the creation site. It'll be the crowdfunding project will go live next week. Mm-hmm. But also at Comic-Con, they revealed this 40th anniversary He-Man pack. It's a four-pack, four separate He-Man figures, each one representing He-Man, a different He-Man's TV likeness. 
the so series, get, right? The different an, series. Exactly. So we get an original cool. filmation style He-Man, a new adventures of He-Man, <laughs> a two a 200X <laughs> version He-Man, and the new CGI He-Man. Oh, okay. And they're cool. all, they're all on their own card backs to represent the art of the time and the uh the series that they were in, and they're all packaged in an individual box meant to look like a vintage TV guide from the era. Oh, that's cool. Which is all then packaged inside of a giant display box, which is meant to look like a TV with like a window screen on it. It's crazy. That has a removable lithograph in the screen. So it's all the He-Men fighting against all all four versions of the Skeletors on this little lithograph that you can remove and frame or do whatever you want. Or you can leave it in there and have it look like it's playing on TV. That's pretty awesome. Now, the price tag on this was $150. People went ballistic about the price on this. But I don't know what they expect. This is now granted, the origins figures are usually like 18, 19 bucks. So if you look at it like that, four figures, let's say 20 bucks each, that's 80 bucks. So now you have to kick in an extra 70 bucks, but you're paying for exclusivity. You're paying for all this packaging. All these figures are resealable. So they have like slip cases where you can take the figures out and then re-put them in the cases. Like to me, that makes a big... That's a lot. It's a lot of shit, bro. Yo, and this packaging is beautiful. Like art and design and packaging cost money. And I don't know when we got to this point that we don't want to pay anything more than 10 bucks. It just feels like it's been this thing with Masters of the Universe collectors, and it's like really fucking annoying, honestly. The amount of people who, because it seemed like at reveal, at the Comic-Con reveal, people were like, holy shit, Mattel knocked it out of the park. This is great. This is going to look so cool. But then when they announced the price, they were like, rabble, rabble, rabble. I can't afford $150. And it's like, listen, I understand. You know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you how to spend your money. But if if you're going to sit there and talk about, oh, I'm a completist, but I don't have 150 bucks, then maybe you shouldn't be collecting in the first place. If $150 is the kind of thing that can break you, like, I get it. You want what you want. But at the same time, if it's going to break you, then, guy, this ain't for you. Yeah, there's lots of stuff I want. I don't I don't I don't scratch that itch because I know it's not going to be good. Like, believe me, there was a time in my life where I could barely afford fucking food. And guess what? I wasn't buying DVDs or posters or whatever. I was buying fucking bread and mayonnaise to make myself sandwiches twice a day. Like, that's that's life. That's that's the way it goes. And now I'm I'm waiting to see the feedback on Eternia. Everything I've seen so far. Does it seem like it's going to are people excited to spend that 600? Does it seem like it's going to go through? I think it'll go through. They're only they're only mandating five thousand, which I don't think is that high a, a limit. Okay. But I also don't know if there's any kind of stretch goals that if it gets higher, they they add they start adding they stuff. Adding stuff, yeah. So the, I believe there's going to be an early bird special for like if you order within the first week, you get an exclusive King Grayskull figure. Okay. I have seen people complaining about the version of King Grayskull because it is the Kevin Smith version of King Grayskull, which is a black man. Oh, well, then it's the worst. Then, of course. <sighs> so that has obviously caused some issues. Oh, forget about it. Oh, no. 
Uh, but as far as the price, I have seen kind of yes and no with people on the price. But it's just like if you want this highly detailed, exclusive, giant playset, like what do you think these things cost? This isn't the kind of thing that's making it to Walmarts everywhere. It's not like there's going to be 250,000 of these things out in the world sitting on shelves for you to pick up a clearance. Yes. I don't think people understand that kind of, you know, the demand, you know, 200,000, 5,000. There is a big difference, guys. <laughs> now, there is this story that's floating around the internet, and I know the source. I really haven't read too much up on it. But there is this big rumor that has kind of gone around saying that the original Eternia was only made to like 4,000 pieces, mm. which I find very hard to believe because it was at retail. It was at retail nationwide, even though it was at near the end of the original Masters in the Universe run, it was still sitting on shelves at Toys R Us and Walmarts and whatever other state stores there were at the time. So I have a very hard time believing that there was only 4,000 ever produced. Mm. But that seems to be like the going myth that has been perpetuated now. So now people are like, oh, well, if there was only 4,000 of the original and there's going to be at least 5,000 of this, this one shouldn't even cost this much because the original only cost $90 at retail and adjusted for inflation, that's $250. As if... Mm. Cost in manufacturing and labor haven't also gone up since then. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder. So if the, you're saying 4,000 is way too low. So what do you think? How many of those did you think were really made? 100,000? Something like that is. I, I would assume it's got to be in the in the six figures somewhere. To be nationwide, worldwide, at yeah. retail, on a store. like I get it, yeah. I mean, I have a very hard time believing only 4,000 were even produced. I, I can't see how that would even be fiscally possible for a major company to produce a playset in that scale with that many pieces and that much tooling and molding that goes into it. I don't even see how they... Like, I, now, granted, Mattel took a bath on that playset. <laughs> you know, they, they absolutely did. I'm not. I'm not saying they didn't. But to even you're going in with the idea that this is going to sell and we're going to make money on this, I don't see how you're making money on just four thousand of them. Yeah, I can imagine one Toys R Us alone has you know fifty of them in the back. Like you would think, yeah. <laughs> I love it. We haven't had He Man toy talk in a while. Well, this is a, a big thing right now. I'm I really like I'm out on the Revelations line, which is like the six inch, highly articulated you know, newer style figures. I'm out on that. It just wasn't for me. I'm very happy focusing on my origins that are like the classic style He-Man shape figures. I'm really in on those. I'm loving it. I'm very happy with those. So I'm very excited about this attorney. I think I'll buy two, possibly three of them. I love it. <laughs> two, maybe three. Because hey, here's why what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now. And now remember, if you remember a few years back when Super 7 had the license for Masters of the Universe, they released the Snake Mountain playset for the Masters of the Universe Classics line. It was the final piece of that set. It was absolutely massive. And at the time, it had a $600 price tag and then $100 for shipping. And a lot of people balked at that price. And then once 
the better picture started getting out after the pre-sale had ended. Once they started shipping and people started getting them in hand, the FOMO kicked in so <laughs> hard and people started going nuts trying to get them in hand and ended up paying way more than the original cost to get them. I bought one even though I don't have a single classics figure. I just thought it was such an incredible piece that I just needed to have one in my collection. And I do. I still have one. I paid like $800 from it for it that I and I only got it because I was lucky enough that someone from like Entertainment Earth canceled their order. So they had like a few left from previously canceled orders. And I was able to scoop one at like a reasonable price because now those things go for like 1500 bucks. <sighs> so crazy. <laughs> Maybe I should save my pennies and buy one of these play sets. I mean, the return on investment on them over the past couple of years has been pretty significant. So, and mine has, I've never even opened my shipper's box because I, it's so big. I just don't even know what to do with it. So mm -hmm. I just left it in the box the whole time. I love it. This is a big ass box in a room. It's a giant box sitting against the wall in my living room. <laughs> I love it. And like the GI Joe sky striker came out about a year ago. Same thing. I have no idea where I'm going to put it when it gets here. But it was just, it seemed like something cool that I would want. I'll probably end up selling it when it comes. But, you know, it's had all the stretch goals met as exclusive Cobra Commander figure, exclusive other figures. So why not get it? I'll probably, I think I paid $250 for that. I'd be shocked if I don't at least double my money on that. How many of those did they make? Probably like 10,000. 10,000. Okay. I, I think, like I, I want to say it got oh, oh, maybe around 10,000, maybe a little more. I like to know, sir. So now I know when you're talking. All right, that went for ten. That was for five. Four. All right. Yeah. I mean, the the real first one to kind of do this up, like recently, that made crowdfunding like a real go, was the uh, ship from the Mandalorian. And I forget what it's called right now, but it was Mando ship. Yeah, I forget right now. Yeah. <laughs> But like that became a big thing. But once again, it was one of those things that once it started shipping and getting in people's hands, people got major FOMO over it and then started paying jacked up prices because now they felt like they had to have it. I got to start paying attention. I'm, I'm sure there's some like horror things that I could uh, scoop up here that uh, the FOMO people will be trying to get here. Mm, I <laughs> look into that. Look into this. Mm. Look at that. I love it. I'm excited. I can't wait to see this thing. Turn yeah, your playset. I'm, I'm I'm really excited. And that brings me to something else I was excited about, Gomez. Mm -hmm. Last week, I asked you to do me a favor and watch one of the most impactful movies of my childhood for the 35th anniversary. Crazy. Masters of the Universe starring Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Gomez, did you watch this movie? Of course I did. I watched it right after the podcast, little last week. You said watch it. <laughs> I said, I'm going to watch it right now while I'm editing this podcast. I watched it. Boy, what a picture. So for those of you who are watching along at home, we get the story of He-Man as he is transported to Earth by the Cosmic Key and Skeletor has taken over the powers of Castle Grayskull. Due to budgetary restraints, we couldn't create Eternia, so we had to do a fish-out-of-water story on Earth. And shit just goes off the rails real quick 
leaving kids all over the world in 1987 mystified as to why they didn't see anything that they knew and loved about He-Man on the silver screen. I don't mind the fish out of water story for He-Man. I like the idea of it, but you have to have a payoff at the end where there's something crazy going on in eternity. Like, you can't not do it like that. Oh, man. I have questions for you, Joe, since you are the the He-Man person here. As a little boy, I know you were very excited for this movie, of course, right? Oh, my God, yeah. It was one of the few movies... Now, when I was a kid, and I would go to movies, it would be like a rare thing. It felt like a like a big deal. Yes, it was always like a a special thing. It was always like a special treat. But it was also always the first show of the day, like the matinee price. And maybe my mom would take us to get lunch afterwards or something, and we'd make like a big day out of it, or go to the mall and maybe get like be able to get like one toy, a KB or something. Ooh, watch out! This movie is one of the few movies I can ever remember being a kid and getting to go at night to the movies. Ooh, shit. And both my parents went, which was huge, because my dad at that point was probably working three jobs, so he worked seven days a week. Yeah. And, like, to get my dad to do, like, any of these things with us, like, it was a big deal, like, if my dad was able to come to, like, one of my soccer games or whatever, like... So to get him to come to a movie, and it was just me, my mom, and my dad. My brother wasn't, like, old enough or, like, even gave a shit about He-Man at that age. I think he would have only been, like, maybe two, maybe three at that point. So, but it was the three of us. And I remember sitting in the theater. It was a nighttime. And it was a theater we didn't normally go to. I couldn't tell you what it was. I was like an odd theater. But I remember we went there. I am fired up, five years old, dying, dying to see this. <laughs> Did they release toys before the movie? Like, did you have a sense of some of the characters that would be in this movie? So, I assumed it was going to be He-Man. Like, the He-Man I knew and loved. <laughs> they only The only figures that came out, like, in conjunction with this movie, I want to say there was maybe four figures. There was Sorod, mm. um, Blade, and Gwildor. Actually, maybe just the three of them. I don't believe they made a card. No, I think it's so. I just believe it's the three of them. Those three characters came out in the original Mattel Master of the Universe line, and they had the thing like as seen in Masters of the Universe, the movie. Love it. <laughs> so this movie starts, right? As the movie starts, I imagine young Joe is like, okay, here we go. Right, He-Man, Skeletor. No, very, no, right very from the start. weird, because right from the beginning, He-Man's holding a laser pistol. Yes, He-Man likes to shoot a lot in this movie. He uses the sword, and, what, like four times? <laughs> and right off the bat, I am utterly confused. Like, oh my God, like, He-Man has a laser? Like, what, what happened? Why isn't he just punching boulders? Oh, I love it. See, because I'm like, all right. Obviously, the gun thing is it's very noticeable because it's like, wait, it's not what He Man does. But I'm like, all right, you know, it's Skeletor and He Man fighting right off the bat. I was like, all right, they give us this little thing here. I'm like, this say, and then you see this little weird guy, right? What's your reaction when you see this little weird guy come on your screen? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> 
because I can only imagine. You're like, all right, we got he man man at arms. Look at this. And there's this fucking guy who seems to be very important. I I'm, I remember being there as a kid and being like, well, where's Gwildor? Where, I, where, no, I'm sorry, not where's Gwildor. Gwildor is there. But like, where's Orko? Orko. Where's... <laughs> Where's Stratos? Where is Trapjaw? Where are the villains that I know? Like, where are the other people? What happened? Who are these people? Because that's the other thing. The villain reveal, you got to be like, I'm going to get a squad for you. And you're like, yeah, here we go. (laughs) And (laughs) And then the one that we do get is Beast Man. But it is a wildly different Beast Man than the one that we have grown to know and love at this point. <laughs> so funny. I just, I, I saw I did it. I watched this movie. I tried to envision young Joe experience this movie for the first time. This was, I think, simply put, and I, I'm, tr- I want to be complete. I'm not trying to put on like a show here. I want you to be completely honest. I want you to know I'm being completely honest. This was the first movie. I can remember, like, have active memories of where I walked out of the theater and still tried to convince myself that I liked what I saw. Like, I knew, I knew full well that I, it wasn't what I wanted. I knew full well that I didn't like it. But I still tried to convince myself that I did. I get it, bro. It's He-Man on the big screen. Come on, it's exciting. I know it was different, but I mean, he man punched that guy, right? That was a cool part. <laughs> oh, man. There's just now, as an adult, I probably watch it now about once a year. It does hold a lot of novelty for me at this point, but it's still not good. It's not great. Um, no, <laughs> I, I will say. As an adult, I'm very able to appreciate the performance of Frank Langella, who I thought was phenomenal, and I still think is phenomenal in that Skeletor role. Praise be Frank Langella, bro. 100%. Because if he wasn't as good as he was, I really don't know what just how bad this movie would be. 100%. He makes the movie more enjoyable because he's, he's great. He's a great Skeletor. Now, at the time, he was like a big theater actor. And the reason he took this role, and this is, he actually talks about this in the documentary, which I believe is called Powers of Grayskull. It used to be on Netflix for a long time. I think it may be on Tubi now, if you want to go back and watch it. But he says he was actually pretty jazzed up about taking this role because his son was a He-Man fan. So he thought this was like really cool that he could get to do this movie and be able to show it to his son. Then his son hates him. You ruined He-Man, Dad. (laughs) Now, did you stick around after the credits to see the post-credits scene? Oh, I didn't know. No, I did not. What happens at the end here? So, and this was something I didn't even know until decades after the fact. Because I don't know anyone who ever stayed past the credits for anything. Especially back then. Never. Skeletor gets thrown all you know into the forever pit, much like um the Emperor in Star Wars. <laughs> but it keeps falling until the credits are done, 
at which point he pops his head out of this red water substance looking thing. His hood is thrown back. So you just see his bony head and he goes, I'll be back because (laughs) they were planning to do a sequel. But because this movie bombed so heavily, the sequel never happened. Although the script that was meant to be the sequel got retooled and eventually got turned into the John Claude Van Damme vehicle, Cyborg. Cyborg. Now I got to watch Cyborg and try to picture it as a He-Man movie. Go right ahead. Oh, man. I had a question. Um, They steal a box of KFC, right? And they're eating the KFC and the ribs and stuff. And they're like, this is delicious. And, and then Man at Arms is like it's it's from an animal, and they're like, like Tila goes, "Well, what is this?" He goes, "Oh, that's that's ribs," and she goes, "What do you mean? How they get these? How? Oh, that's what she says." She goes, "How'd they get these little white sticks in there?" Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, that's a rib," and she's like, "Wait, like bones, like from an animal?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, Horrible. duh." But as if they don't have meat on Eternia. So what do they eat in Eternia? That was my question. What the fuck do they eat? If you ever watch any banquet, you watch any banquet scene that ever happens in the royal palace. There's always like some giant looking turkey type thing being passed around. You know, Adam eating the giant turkey legs like he's in fucking Disney World. And now, like, you gotta pretend that they don't have fucking meat in Eternia. I'm like, like, what the fuck? I mean, He Man's a big boy. I'm sure he's getting a lot of protein. Like what the fuck? I and to be honest, I think that scene is one of the most referenced things in the entire movie. Is the the bucket it's, of chicken and ribs type thing makes no sense. And when do KFC got ribs like that? Well, it's I not KFC. It's whatever that that <laughs> local place is called. My goodness, what the movie? Yes, it, it looks like Franklin. the type of place like Ego would take Star Lord's mom on a date. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah. I, as I watched the movie, I remembered, I was like, see, I don't remember what we talked about last time we watched this movie, but I do remember we talked about Frank Langella and how God bless this man for making this movie watchable. Oh, my yeah, for goodness. sure. Wow. You what know, eventually uh, when, so we had the, those three figures that came out in the original line. Eventually we did get some more figures when Super 7 took over the classics line. They did a um, uh, God Skeletor, uh, you know, Rick, oh, Dark awesome. Robe Skeletor, and a Dolph Lundgren themed He Man. Um, so that's pretty cool. And that then cool. The, a couple of those characters got done in classics as well. Blade, um, Sorad, Karg, Karg got done, which is the first ever Karg figure. Um, but then in the original line, they don't want to say this, but there's a laser power He Man figure which was like a European exclusive. It was very near the end of the line. There were, and there was a laser power He-Man and a dueling laser light Skeletor figure, both extremely, extremely rare pieces. The He-Man has two heads. One of them what? is supposed to be like a kind of Dolph Lundgren head. Interesting. <laughs> so one of them has like the regular classic vintage He-Man head, which actually appears to be the rarer version of it. But there is another one of that I guess is supposed to re- kind of resemble, but not really resemble Dolph Lundgren because obviously they're not going to pay for everybody's. Hell no. I love it. That's awesome. I love that 
they made fancy versions of these toys because I love the <laughs> Skeletor looks awesome in the movie. Yeah. Like I think like yeah. you did it as best a job you can make a skeleton looking man. He looks great, and then when he turns into crazy powerful Skeletor, the God Skeletor, awesome, love that. So that's cool. They made toys for that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So and and Super Seven really knocked it out of the park with those. It's really always really do. good figures. They always do. That's awesome. Hmm. So Gomez. What would you what would you give Masters of the Universe 1987 on your main man standings? And are you happy that Julie got to go back in time and, and rescue her dead parents? <laughs> oh if I didn't hang out with you, they wouldn't have gotten on that plane. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney Cox in probably the I would think this is the role she's most known for yeah. in her career. It's probably this and the Dancing in the Dark video with Bruce Springsteen. 100%. Cougar Town number 3. Yeah, Cougar uh, Town number 3, easy. <laughs> uh this movie's like a a 2. We want to get froggy cuz of Frank Langella give us something more than that. I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't go crazy, but it's around like a two. It's it's not the worst thing. It's yeah, it's probably in there for me too. Two, two and a half, somewhere yeah. in between. Um, obviously, it's still it still holds a lot of nostalgic appeal for me, despite the fact that it ruined a little boy's evening out with his parents. The only thing that could have made this worse is if someone tried to rip my mom's pearl necklace off in the fucking alley. And then shot both my parents while I cried in the dark. That would be the only thing that would have put this night at the theater over the top. And that could have, I mean, when you think of the butterfly effect, what would that have caused for my future? (laughs) Oh, man. Masters of the Universe. What was that? HBO Max, right? Anyone else wants to uh, see this masterpiece of a film? Go check it out. I Listen. If you're if you're into at all any piece of nostalgia, like no, you, you owe it to yourself to, to watch this at some point. You, if you've never seen the He-Man movie, you have to see the He-Man movie. Yeah, you have definitely. to see what they took for. You know what He-Man. Even if you've never seen He-Man, you know what He-Man is. This ain't He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Not your daddy's He-Man. You can see He-Man in the grocery store, and instantly you're gonna be like, "What's happening?" <laughs> Oh man, Joe! What uh, what else you watched this week, baby? So I found myself with a little time, and I actually went to HBO Max, started flipping around, and I said, you know what? Let me build up a good watch list. It's always good Ooh, to have a watch. List it is because always it good. gives you some stuff to watch when, like, maybe you're not in the mood for it right now, but you know you want to come to it at some point, or maybe it's a movie you've seen and loved. But you know what? You, you look at it and you go, you know what? I haven't seen this movie in a while. Let me put it on the list because I feel like I'm going to want to watch this at some point. 100%. Well, I'm on HBO Max and I come across a show I've never seen before, but enough people have told me to check out. So I finally decided to hit play and check it out. That show, Gomez, is the Danny McBride, John Goodman vehicle, Righteous Gemstones. Ooh, I'm one of those people telling you to watch that. That is a fantastic show, brother. Oh, I'm so happy you joined us. So there's there's two full seasons up right now. I guess season three will begin whenever they get to it. Yeah, season two was this year a couple months ago. Okay. So. I have watched 
both seasons in, in completion. Love it. Yes, love it. How good is that show, bro? I got sent home from work for because of the hurricane. They told us stay home for two days. So I sat there with a little time on my hands, and I just watched Righteous Gemstones on uh, just hit that loop button. It said, are you still watching? I said, motherfucker, stop asking me. I'm here. I ain't going right. I'm still watching. Love it. Uh, I fucking love this show. It's so good. It's so <laughs> it's good. It's great. The casting is great. Danny McBride is one of those guys where I feel like he can get annoying for a lot of people, like his tone and his persona. I mean, he yes. does a lot of the same shit in all his yes. characters. But for me, it just works. It works. Like, it's so good. If anyone was going to play me in a movie, like tell the story of my life, like if I ever get fucking kidnapped by like a vulture and they drag me off, you know, like that scene in Jurassic Park where the pterodactyl grabs a person, starts fucking tossing it to the other pterodactyl. Like if that's me getting flipped around in the air like that, I want Danny McBride to be the one to tell my story. Tell my tale. I hope that doesn't happen to you. Remember, and then they dunk you in the water. And, and I get the water monster comes. <laughs> oh, we don't want that. That's the terrible. last thing I want is the water monster to get me. Oh, no. <laughs> but if Danny McBride was in that scene, I'd be laughing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck you, dinosaur. <laughs> Man, what a turn this week's episode is taking. My parents got killed in an alley after the He-Man movie, and now I'm getting eaten by the water monster. Just Jesus Christ. <laughs> but what a fun show. And yo, I've said this for a long time, and this this show really puts it out there. This whole fucking um, evangelical Christian type church oh, thing, yeah. it's just pro wrestling, man. Yes, it is. It is it's... pro wrestling top to bottom. That's why the show's good, because we know. We, we know that Connie when we see him. Yeah. <laughs> but so really well that. done. I mean, they got some, I mean, heavy hitters in this. I John Goodman is phenomenal he is as great. Yep. the head of the family. McBride Do you have a favorite? Do you have a, who's, do you have a favorite character? Oh, Jesse is my favorite. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Danny McBride. Because uh, I love Judy. Judy is fantastic. I, you know what? If, if if you say any, like out of the, the actual gemstones, it's Jesse. But in the whole show, it's Uncle Baby Billy. Uncle Baby Billy, baby. He is so good. I yeah, love like, me some Walter Goggins. Bro. Walton he Goggins is playing this like best. much older gentleman. So All good. done up. Like he's just the white hair. The white so hair. Good. And he just like. You believe it. Like, I know what Walton Goggins looks like, and I'm just like, no, this is this is him now. <laughs> this is him. He is. He's so, so many iconic characters. He's just, I love him. God bless him. Oh, you know who I, I, I've always had a problem with Kevin Devine. I just don't like him. Just Adam Devine? Adam Devine. Why do I say Kevin Devine? I don't, I don't know. know. Is that a wrestler or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I always thought his name was Kevin Devine. So Adam Devine. I just don't like his face. I don't like the way he looks. Like, I don't know. He's creepy. Uh, I could get people uh don't like him. I know that. But uh, I enjoy him. I enjoy Workaholics. He was on Modern Family for a couple seasons. You know, I enjoy him. Pitch he pops up in right. He pops up in all these things. I mean, he gets a lot of work. Just I don't know, man. I don't like him. And then, but in this, I feel like he's perfect. 
he's because he's yeah he's he's a little toned down in this. Like he he gets crazy, but he's he's doing a little different than his usual stick. I agree. Righteous gemstone HBO. After you're done with Masters of the Universe, put on Righteous Gemstones. All on HBO Max. Do it up. Look, you don't even have to leave the app. You don't even have to close it down and wait for the load time to go back to your home screen. That's right. Oh man, Miss B. So that was my. That was. That was that was my thing. I invested I invested a lot of time in righteous gemstones this week. Uh time well spent. Good. Time well yeah, spent. Yeah, it was a good good hurricane show to watch. That was good. Yeah. Very smart of you. Lock in there, watch something new, bang it out. Perfect. Very smart yeah. move there, Joe. Took advantage of my time off in a good way while I sat on the floor and ate Count Chocula by the handfuls. <sighs> the best way to eat it, bro. I mean, come on. I ain't got time for a bowl and milk. Just give it to me. I couldn't get milk. The milk was sold out, so I had no choice. <laughs> I wanted milk. I couldn't get it. <laughs> what kind of third world country is this? <laughs> Eating with my fucking hand. What is this? Goodness gracious. Uh, over here, oh, I didn't watch a lot of stuff this week. Uh I'm looking at my list here. I thought I did, but no. I watched what we needed to watch for the podcast, and uh, that was pretty much it. The uh, The big news in the Gomez house this week is uh, we bought a new cat. We have a new kitten in the house here, oh. terrorizing terrorizing the other poor cat. Poor Ambien is uh, scared, locked in the room because there's a little menace walking around, a little Benji walking Benji. around here. Benji. So is Benji trying to be friendly or... Benji just trying to cause a ruckus. Nah, Benji's chill. One time he hissed, but uh, that's because he's been getting hissed at a lot, you know? So he's been he chill, been chill. Back. And then he's like, yo, I can hiss too, bitch. And so he gave a little hiss, you know? But uh, he's not the problem. He He's trying to be nice. It's the other one popping up the chest. But it's also, you know, it's one of these... Uh, Show off cats, you know. I'm gonna pop off my chair. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me puff it up and hiss, hiss. But the minute he looks at me, I'm running the other way. I really don't want nothing to do with it. It's one of those cats. Gotcha. So we've been dealing with that. Other than that, it's just uh locking in this house, this goddamn hurricane. I've been trying to decorate for Halloween. I've been trying to decorate all week, but the weather's just been horrendous. It's you been know, raining. I hate decorating. Ah, oh, it's nice, but I'm just like throwing a couple things, not crazy, a couple blow ups, but some lights yeah. on the house. Yeah, you're doing all this work just so you could take it down in a couple weeks, cause yourself right. even more work. What it take me an hour to put up all this stuff? It's no big deal. I got an hour. Come on, no, you don't. And it's it's gonna look nice. So it looks spooky. That's the worst. Ooh. Speaking of spooky, are you watching the biggest thing on Netflix right now? No, nah, I got no interest in that. No interest in Dahmer. Nah, not really. I uh, I tried checking out a couple episodes. It's um, yeah. What's up? Just uh, like when it comes to 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 real life serial killers, uh, you know, I did that thirty years ago when I read all the books and stuff. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. What are we doing? Give me something else. Give me a uh, serial where you give me a new case to be like, ooh, about yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm, I'm sure, listen, I know there's plenty of people who don't know about Jeffrey Dahmer, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, he's a very famous serial killer. So, you know, it's, things have been done about him before. So, 
I'm yep. not, I don't really care. And you know what? It's the police's fault because they didn't believe the lady down the hall. That's usually what happens, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> it's always the police's fault. We're learning that more and more, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just just listen when people call 911. <laughs> Just listen. Just listen. <laughs> it's very seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't. Know. I watched like two or three episodes, and I mean, it's it's not bad, but there's there's nothing about it that makes it like good either. You know? Was he is he like telling the story? Like, what's the what's the thing here? They just go into no, the cases. They, no, it's not even that. It's just like, oh, he's. He's a you know hangs out at gay bars, tries to bring so, guys so it's just, back. It's the... just following him. So he's just and then like guy, they'll do flashbacks about like when he was younger and like shit that went on with his parents and whatever and how he his dad told like taught him how to like uh, skin a fish and stuff and that's how he got uh, interested in dissecting things, you know stuff like that. Hmm. If that's if that's your kind of thing, you're probably enjoying it a lot more than I am. Uh, I'm looking for more of a story with my with my real life murderers, and uh, <laughs> I see yeah. I see that people are talking about it, but I haven't really seen people talking about whether they like it or not. Really, it's usually just it's just that about they're talking about it, yeah, talking about it, what's going on. But no one's like, "Oh, this show was great. This show sucks." It's just kind of it's just a show. I don't yeah. know. It's the I, popular know, thing. I don't want to pat memes. myself on the back, but like I was. I was pretty on the uh, on the up and up of the Jeffrey Dahmer memes where I posted a photo of myself on his TV today okay. saying, I told you we're just going to watch Joe Shoes defend the FWF tag team titles and then you could go home. It's a good meme. And you should always jump on a popular meme, bro. Always. Every chance you get. If you are on any form of social media, always do it. That's it. I post my Game of Thrones memes. Come on. Why not? So people are talking about. Let's go. Great for the interaction and the algorithm. That fucking algorithm. Bastards. Mm. You got anything else besides that, Dominic? Cause uh I got two something else's, but we need what? some music for Oh here we go. Six weeks of horror. Oh, baby, six weeks of horror is back. We got a fun one this time, Joe. Two movies this week. Two Two. of them. Ooh, baby. We watched the is it a classic, right? The Hocus Pocus classic, right? I think now, I think now it has reached that status of being a seasonal classic. I would say so. Right. It's 30 years. I mean, it's pretty popular. The costumes are a thing now. Like it's it's become a thing. Yeah, the Sanderson sisters have become kind of known. I'm like I said, the Mickey's Halloween not so scary Halloween bash was um like kind of based around the Sanderson sisters this year. So that was like a, a big thing. So it's yeah, and it's funny because I was doing a little reading because I never saw Hocus Pocus before this. Yeah, but it was a box office flop. Yes, that's why it took thirty fucking years to make a sequel. <laughs> and it just all of a sudden it developed this following because of VHS 
and then getting played on the Disney network, they would see that whenever they would play it for the season on the Disney network, it would do very well in the ratings. So they were like, wow, like maybe we got something here. And then it got released on DVD and DVD sales did well. And then whatever Blu-ray, Blu-ray did well. So Disney's like, hey, there's there's actual money in this movie somewhere. <laughs> like it just it took time, but it did find its audience. What I don't think helped it at the time was the fact that in 1993, it wasn't released for Halloween. It was released in fucking July. That's just so dumb. I just <laughs> I will never understand. Like, I get it. You, you think horror works, but horror works best in October. Give us something in October, bro. What are we doing? Ah, so we get the story of the Sanderson sisters who were from the Salem witch trial era. They are evaporated, you know, cast away. They're done, dead, whatever. And they are brought back to life because a virgin lights a candle 200 years later. And they wreak havoc on the city until they're able to be put away again. Is that a, is that a good synopsis? Sure. It is. Yeah. Definitely. That's the, the gist of it there. Now, you've seen this before, right? You said your wife's a big fan, so I assume you've had some cross-pollination with this movie at some point. <laughs> yes, I've seen it, even without her, but uh, we watch it. Uh, yeah, she's into it. I don't want to say Hocus Pocus is like a girly thing, but I, like, right, girls usually like witches. Like That's kind of a thing they like. And uh, so that was her thing. She's a Disney girl. So, uh, yeah, this is a Hocus Pocus house. I, you know, I like the movie. I don't love the movie. I mm-hmm. think it's fun. It's a fun little cute movie that, uh, you know, it works. It and does you know, its thing. you know who's in this movie? Who's in this movie? Our double main man. We got a lot of double main men. Which one, baby? Doug Jones. <laughs> Doug, Doug Jones, Jones. The I know man. Doug Jones is <laughs> Doug Jones. He's in lots in of stuff. House, he's in lots of stuff, but we know him best. Oh yes, we do. Very hard as the fish man who fucked not the mutant. I was gonna say not just the fish man because he was a fish man. I believe he's also the fish man in Hellboy. So he's been a fish man before. Oh, he's been, oh yeah, he's been fish man, <laughs> but. One in particular where he fucks the mute lady. Yeah, when he fucks the mute lady in the movie called Fishman Fucks Mute Lady, colon, a major motion picture. That's Oscar that's winning. Oscar, Oscar winning. winning. Movie. Best picture winning. Fucking insane. I can't believe that happens. <laughs> oh my it's God. obvious that these Oscar voters just really value our opinions. I don't a little see why joke turned into the, the worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> I would love Doug to go Jones. back to the point where you first tell me about that movie existing and me just being completely guffawed and not believing you that it was the real premise of a movie. I mean, that was my reaction when I first heard of it, too. I mean, the only reason I saw it because it was Del Toro. I'm like, well, <laughs> if it's a Del Toro movie, it's got I got to check it out. <laughs> And what a pitch. It was great. We loved it. Okay, guys. Here's, so here's the pitch. <laughs> remember Creature from the Black Lagoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay. Now, what happens if he fucks? Whoa, whoa, Jim. Whoa. What are you talking about here? Whoa, whoa. Oh, you mean like fucks, fucks? What happens if he fucks? Was he fucking like a dolphin? 
What what was he doing? On the what what what's he fucking? No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. All right. We're gonna go into a regular person bathroom, uh-huh. fill it up with water, fill up the whole fucking bathroom, ceiling to floor with water, and in there, he's gonna fuck a mute woman. A human? A human mute. A mute man. A mutant. <laughs> Here's your ten billion dollars. <laughs> oh my God! I see golden trophies in our future, boys. They just hit. I'll take the Oscar right now, sir. <laughs> oh fucking what a move! <laughs> <laughs> so to be clear, he is gonna fuck, right? Do we see the fucking? How, How does much he of the fuck? fuck? Is there How, an undercarriage for his apparatus it? when he's not in the process of fucking? Oh, the cause must have been great. I have I'm... a note here in your script. It says here he then penetrates. Are we sure we're doing this, guys? <laughs> Hey man, I'd sign up and make this movie without the word penetrate being uh, expanded upon. If my fish doesn't fuck, you could find another director. <laughs> oh man. What Hocus the fuck Pocus. are we talking about? Hocus Pocus. <laughs> what a picture. So Doug Jones. Movie, a Disney movie where they. Doug Jones. Uh, Doug Jones plays the uh, centuries dead um, Billy Butcherson. But for a Disney movie, I am I was quite surprised and taken aback by the emphasis they placed on the fact that a virgin was the one who lit this candle that was able to bring back the long lost Anderson sisters. Hundred percent. You know, it happens in Monster Squad, but that's a that's a horror movie. Like that's yeah. a little more and, okay. And that's for then, a little bit of an older audience. Like, and even still, they say it like two times. Like they don't really emphasize the virgin thing, like the fucking Disney movie does. Like they must have gone back to it, I like a good half a dozen times. Like. Oh, son, are you, is it true you're a virgin? And yes, they, like, they shame this little fucking 12-year-old boy. I was going to say, this 12-year-old boy <laughs> just moved to a new town, being shamed for being a virgin. Like, I don't know about you, Gomez. Like, I am someone who has had sex in my time. But even I, the great Captain Joe Shoes, the magistrate of Caravan City, even I, at 12 years old, was a virgin. I think most of us are. There's obviously exceptions to the rule. But uh, yeah, and this movie, whew, so funny. I couldn't believe it rewatching it because I've heard the jokes. A lot of people joke about the. Vir- I'm like these people all exaggerating this this virgin talk. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> nope, not. I was like, literally, and so much of this stuff, like I just doesn't it just doesn't register for me, or I don't think it's a big deal. Whatever. This happens so often in this movie that I was like, okay, like I get it. Like this poor kid. Like, leave him alone. You fucking vultures, leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> Goodness. 
I just I remember I watched the uh, Police Academy. I love the Police Academy movies. They're the best. I watched so them good. all the time as a kid. All the time. They're always on TV. Yeah. And uh, one time, I believe uh, Officer Tackleberry is a virgin. I believe is uh, something mm-hmm. that happens. And so uh, they bring it up. And I look to my grandpa. I go, hey, Grandpa, what's a virgin? He goes, I'll tell you later. And he never told me. I'm <laughs> still waiting. I'm back. I'm still waiting. Grandpa, what is it? <laughs> but I imagine, right? That's what everyone must have did. You watch like, the Hocus Pocus. What's had a to. Virgin? Had to. I mean, this movie, I'll be honest with you. I like this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to going in. I figured it was dated. I figured it was, was just going to be corny. And then for the most part, it, it was. It's sure, your typical, it's uh, you know, Disney early 90s movie. Disney, you know, yeah. you know, kind of campy whatever but it's actually pretty good performances are pretty good yes, you get a nice song and dance number you get your little um kind of new boy trying to meet new girl type thing and it's a fun little time and i genuinely think the cemetery scenes with our man doug jones billy butcher said i genuinely think he's great and i love his character and what they yes. did with him and i think those scenes are really good well, I love it. This is what I like to hear. I thought you would like this movie because it's fun. You like that kind of not so scary, but it gets scary. There's some I, I like stuff. the themes when they're yes. placed in the context of fun. Like Ernest go. Scared Stupid. Yes. Great movie. Go. All-time <laughs> movie. It is. Wonderful movie. Very scary. That Those monsters are yes. fucking scary, bro. Yeah. Holy shit. I love it. All right. So then that's so then you love not love, but you enjoy this movie. So I'm going to assume you went ahead and watched part two because I told you you didn't have to watch part two unless you really enjoyed the first one. Gomez. I watched part one and I did it the day before part two came out because I said, no matter what, I'm watching part two. Oh, shit. Excuse me. But part one. We're going to hit music or we can save it to the end. We can hit music. Whatever Let's you do want. it. Let's, Let's do hit it. music. We'll hit all the music. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? Hocus pocus. 1993, I believe. Yes. So Hell crazy. of a year. The Blue Jays <laughs> won their second consecutive World Series that year. The Montreal Canadiens became the last team to uh, last Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup. That still so holds crazy. true to this day. So crazy. Uh, Chicago Bulls in the process of their first repeat. Yes. Mm. And and young Joe Shoes. Still a virgin at 11 or 12 years old. Not watching Hocus Pocus. Not but, watching Hocus Pocus. But 30 years later, you gave it a shot. And where does it fall on your main man standings? I mean, I did. Like I said, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would. I thought all three of the witches were really good. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker. It made me like Sarah Jessica Parker. How many years have I been coming on Bullshit. here? Bullshit. How many years have I been coming on this program? 
and slamming Sarah Jessica Parker every chance I fucking get. But she's here. She's having a good time. She's playing her role. Kathy and Najimi having a good time. Everyone is chipping in, doing their thing. I thought even the kids were good. A lot of times when you get these movies, I feel like the kids can kind of be annoying or um, patronizing in, in some way. And in this show, in this movie, I just kind of thought everyone was played a, a nice little role that I was able to get into. And with that being said, I'm going to give this movie a solid triple main man. Mm, very nice. I'm going to give it a two and a half. I'm right on board with you there, though. All the performances, you could tell everyone's having a good time. And as we always say, when you're having a good time, I'm having a good time. Yes. All having a good time. Love it. All right. Hocus Pocus 2, 30 years later. Even in the movie, right? It's also 30 years later in the movie also. Well, it's they reference, you know, 1993 being the last time the Sanderson sisters came back. And what got me, the first thing I noticed in this movie is the guy who runs like the, the magic, yeah. The magic shop, the the museum to the Sanderson sisters old house. The guy who does the shows and informs them about the history. I'm like, man, this guy looks fucking familiar. Where yeah, the fuck just do I know them. this guy from? Literally and just watched them. <laughs> and it's because I just watched them. He played in the after party. Yes. And so I'm, I'm on the IMDB and I'm looking him up and I'm like, ah, that's why I know who the fuck this is. So I'm like, all right, now, now it's got an extra person I know. So now I'm like really invested. And the one thing we said, the biggest takeaway I had from the f- part one is the whole thing with the Virgin. And they make that joke right at the beginning. Like they felt the need, like we have yes, to address I this. think they had to Let's get it out of the way. And they fucking did. They did. They did. It as a quick little line and it was perfect. Cause yes. that's, yeah, it was like, that's what you do. And a hundred percent. That's so fun. That must've been a note early on in the script process. There must like, be find some way to address this and move on. <laughs> so funny. So there's like a scene where the guy is like telling the story of the Sanderson sisters, and he, oh, the last time in 1993 it was because the black candle was lit by a virgin. There's like a young child in the audience sitting there who goes, What's a virgin? And like everybody kind of stops, looks around, and then just says, Gomez, I'll tell you later. And they move on about their movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone who's never lit a candle before, and that's the end of it. <laughs> It's like, oh, uh, okay. and they kind of they kind of interchange that with instead of it being a virgin, they change it to, oh, when a girl becomes 16 years old is when she can finally realize her magical powers. And yes. that's why when our new main character in this movie, she lights the candle on her 16th birthday that was given to her by the guy from the uh, house here, Gus. Anik from the after party. Gus, I think his name is right, Gus. No, he was uh oh was Gustavo the Great. <laughs> Gustavo. He, he the had like Great. a wizard's name. Yeah, Gus. <laughs> yeah. So he he makes this special candle for the girl. That way he gets 16 because he wants the Sanderson sisters to come back. And they tie up all the loose ends because he says when he was a kid on Halloween 1993, he saw the Sanderson sisters and he tried following them. You know, because some bullies had taken away his candy, which was a thing in part one. Yes, so he follows them to the cemetery and he saw everything that happened to them at the cemetery. 
So he's been waiting for the right moment to bring them back all this time, which I thought was a very nice little way to tie things into each other. Yes. I thought they did a very good job with this movie being a uh, legacy sequel 30 years later of tying in the things that you like, giving you new things. I thought they did a very good job. I completely agree with you. I think they did a great job with this movie. They was very entertaining. So once again, the performances were great. Bringing they had basically every back except the original kids. And from everything I read, it they had discussed obviously bringing back the kids from the original one. But because they didn't really have a place for them in the actual story, they didn't yeah. want to just do it just to have them walking around in the background. And not do anything with it because they're like, that's going to piss off more people than if we don't bring them back. Like, why bring yeah. them back if we're just going to have them stand in, do one line, and walk away? So there was 100%. no purpose for that. And I they agree with them. The yes, they don't fit in the story at all. No. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're here for the witches. You know, you're, you're yeah. here for the Sanderson sisters. So as that's long as they're there, for. that's all that matters. And, and you had the three of them. They got to do it again. I thought they were great again. And what yeah. happens at the end of this movie is, you know, the biggest thing is that Winifred is always concerned with her power and being concerned with being the best and, you know, number one in the sisters. But she learns the lesson that Fast and the Furious has been teaching us for all of these years in between since the last movie. And that is that there's nothing more important than family. Joe doesn't believe this, but the Sanderson sisters do. Yes, now the Sanderson sisters do. Um, obviously, we will all differ on what we value and in what order. <laughs> but Vin Diesel and Winifred Sanderson both value family. So funny. <laughs> you got your song and dance. You got yep. two of them. It was nice. Yes. You know, they and did we got they Buster Bluth, Tony Hale, chipping yes. in as the mayor of the town. I love the... Uh, the Roomba and the Swifter as the uh, the brooms. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I thought that was a great bit uh, with the sand. Also with the Roomba, the salt. I mean, there's just a lot. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun things in here. This was a fun yeah. little movie. Fun, fun. I really enjoyed it. I once again, I loved Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson in this and going to the carnival like that. Yes. I thought those scenes with him and Playing Gus of, were yeah. great. Uh, I I listened. I really enjoyed this movie. If you've got Disney Plus, if you're on the fence about watching this, why not? Why not watch it? This is the kind of shit you pay your subscription free fee for. They give you this original content. Take advantage of it. It's not a bad time. I think it's actually time well spent. And what did we learn last week, Gomez, about time? You can't you can't always get it back, bro. So you gotta use it wisely. It's the one thing in life you can't get back. So spend it wisely and spend it watching Hocus Pocus 2. Mm, let me hit some music so you can give this a grade. I'm excited. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you our man? Hocus Pocus 2, 30 years later. Sounds like our main man was a big fan here. Gomez, honestly, like like I said, I liked part one. 
more than I thought I would. So coming into part two, I've already got like that good taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm ready for another Sanderson sisters movie. Like let's fucking go. And then they hit me with this, with some fun, some updates, some good self-referential humor. They kept everything, all the themes that I would have wanted to see from the original. They brought it back into part two and did it very well. When you have an existing property like that, you get very nervous that they're going to start changing everything or even worse, insulting the things that made you like it in the first place. And I always go back to Thundercats roar with that. When they did that fucking stupid Thundercats <laughs> fucking cartoon and made you hate everything about it. And then it makes you fucking dislike Thundercats forever existing because it means you had to watch this Thundercats roar show. And thankfully they did not do that here. They respected the original IP. They kept true to the character. They gave you a lovely little story and wrapped up everything wonderfully because this is probably the last time we're going to get one of these movies, at least with all the main players in these roles like we have them here. So because of that, I'm going to give it a triple and a half main man. Three and a half stars. Oh, I'm with you also. I think this is better than the first one. I'm going to give it a three. This is a lot of fun. They take the things you like and improve upon it. This is what you're supposed to do with a sequel. Improve upon it, not do the same old shit. Don't rehash it. I'll just watch the original if I want that. So they did a great job. Definitely, if you are a fan of Hocus Pocus, maybe you're scared, right? You're scared. I love Hocus Pocus. I don't want to ruin it. This will not ruin Hocus Pocus. No, Eddie Bowman, you will love this movie. And maybe not him. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, Eddie Bowen. You like Hocus Pocus? Probably not. You don't like good things. <laughs> oh man, Eddie Bowman. I, you know what? I Eddie Bowman. I appreciate you. You listen every week, and you comment every week, and I really do appreciate that. So thank you. And I'm sorry I keep picking on you, but you're just always there. He likes the Braves. Why shouldn't we pick on him? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Now, fuck it, Eddie Bowman. You're Exactly. Off this is why. I'm not playfully picking on him. I hate him. You know who I like, too? <laughs> Joey Hudson. Joey Hudson <laughs> slips into my DMs every week when he finds something funny. But this week, oh, he yes, tagged me in true. a Facebook post letting me know that our podcast last week hadn't uploaded to iTunes on time. Yes. I it was everywhere else. I have no idea. I still don't have the answer to it. No sense. I, I sent in support tickets to yeah, everywhere. I did too. It said, "Try this. If not, bother us the next day." The next day it went up. The, I don't the know. next day it went up. I, I guys, I don't know what happened with that. Thankfully, I hope you all got your six weeks of horror and had a good time with it. But yeah, Joey Hudson, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yes. All right. So that was a fun six weeks of horror. I think you know we've gotten back on track after yeah, the bad good. first week. So how are you going to ruin it? Well, this week, we're going to see a movie. uh, We're going to watch a movie called Brain Damage. It's it's on the Tubi. You have seen this man has made a movie that you've watched before. Is uh, he the basket case guy? It's the basket case guy. I fucking knew it. (laughs) So this is uh, another one of his fun movies here, Joe. Brain damage, 2B TV, free for all, baby. Enjoy it, please. This is gonna be a fun one. What's the, the premise of this movie? Something's up with this guy's brain. I don't want to tell you. I just want you to watch it's it. damaged. <laughs> it's damaged. Something's up with his brain. 
things, you know, things are happening. Oh boy. You know, hey, what? Just because he made Basket Case doesn't mean all his movies are like this, right? Right? Yes, it does. <laughs> so once again, brain damage on Tubi. Week four of six weeks is hard. We're, we're hitting the home stretch oh, here. Already halfway, halfway done. done. Thank God. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to have some fun the next couple weeks. Oh, I'm sure we will. I knew, I knew, I knew you were just lulling me into a false sense of security and waiting for waiting to just hit me with that fucking oop-de-oop. Come on, baby. This is what the people want. This is... <laughs> This is a I, movie that the people want. This is the it's, shit they want. I don't know why they want. want this because they fucking hate me. Because but... it's a fun movie, and you should like fun movies. That's why. <sighs> but that's next week. We got to wrap this one up first here, Joe. Oh, so why don't we do that? It is now time for the big finish. <laughs> I'm spinning that wheel. Oh, 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 this is whoo. Oh, my goodness. Oh, baby, this is going to be today's big finish, ladies and gentlemen. Full out boy songs. This is just impossible. This is just here we go. Bro, I mean, this is just... I mean, how do you even attempt to narrow it down to just three when they have way more and all the songs are great? I literally like every song except for Uma Thurman. I, I, that's not even a lie. <laughs> I love Fall Out Boy. I love every song off every album. They're all wonderful. Uma Thurman, not so much. Terrible shit. But, uh, oh, this is so hard. Because, I mean, there's just different. There's, there's sad Fallout Boy. There's angry Fallout Boy. There's fun Fallout. Oh, my God. Where do I want to go? I don't even know. Let me see. I got to look real fast. So, I'm going to go with... This is very difficult because Fallout Boy is actually my favorite genre of music. So, <laughs> if I have to narrow it down, um, of all the gin joints in the world, definitely so up good. for me. Love that song. Love it, love it, love it. Um, the Phoenix would be up there for me. Very big. So good. Miss Missing and... You. I don't even know. Oh, my God. Maybe Homesick at Space Camp I might go with. That one might be a little bit of a deeper cut. That's okay. Yeah, I think I may go with that. Man, all right, I'm gonna try to pick three songs here real fast, and uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, oh, I gotta go. No, three, I gotta go Grand Theft Autumn because that is like the perfect emo scream it in your car by yourself when you're on the fucking highway song. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Grand Theft Autumn. Mm. So good. Let's go. Uh, man, all right. We're gonna go here with. Uh, Okay, we're going to go with uh, Head First Slide into Cooperstown. Oh. That's my favorite Fall Out Boy album. Really? It is, yes. I love all of them. But oh, that well, I mean, obviously. 
Then we're gonna go. We're gonna go alone together. Love me. Okay, alone I love together. that song. So good. And then I do want to pick something a little older because they're all good. Do you think? Couple Tunnel of Love, XO, so good. Okay, here's let's do this. There's a Steve Aoki song that features Fallout Boy. That is what? who is Steve Aoki? You know that DJ guy? He throws no. the cakes at people. He's very popular. You don't know Steve okay. Aoki? No idea. Really? Yeah. He's uh I guess right, like DJ of all the DJ people, I would say he's the most I popular. know DJ Roomba. That was Tom <laughs> Haverford's DJ. DJ <laughs> uh... <laughs> Top three you, DJs DJ Roomba, DJ Tanner, and uh DJ, DJ Dozier. That Steve Aoki song is uh, Back to Earth. It's a Fall Out Boy song. Listen to mm. it. It's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> we'll go there. Mix it up. Whew. Joe, what 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 an episode we had here today. Action packed from top to bottom. You just don't get any better than this. My... And you get it for free every week. <sighs> Hit him with dumb plugs. Oh, guys, everywhere on social media, at Cardomez, please subscribe. Please leave a five-star review. All of that stuff matters. Uh, listen, if you can't be in Jersey this weekend, buy it on Fight.TV, FWF Live 4. This will be probably my um, – I have to look to make sure, but I believe this will be my 491st professional wrestling match in my life, which is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. But uh, it's also going to be the first one in a very long time. First real one in a very long time. So I would love the support. If you'd like to further support, hit up ProWrestlingTees.com slash Joe Shoes. Maybe get a t-shirt. That would be very appreciated. Otherwise, you can follow me all over the social media at The Joe Shoes. Gomez 154 Instagram and Twitter. And we'll be back next week continuing the six weeks of horror with the movie Brain Damage. On Tubi. Anything else, Gomez? <laughs> Anything else you're going to ruin my life with? Oh, there was... Uh, you know what comes out this week? I'm, de- I'm definitely going to check out uh, the uh, the Redeem Team documentary, I think, comes out this week. With the uh, the Olympic team. Was it 2000? Oh, yes, 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 yes. After that they the had ESPN lost. Thing? Yes. So that that's uh, that's something. There's a couple of things coming out this week. Uh, I don't remember, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So whatever I'm we sure. fit in, we'll be talking about because it's kind of just what we do around around oh, here. Oh, you know, this week, uh, Werewolf by Night comes out. Disney Plus. It's a standalone little Marvel horror thing. Oh, well, there you have it. Something else for you to watching and get value out of your Disney Plus subscription. Hey. Gotta pay that money. Give me, give me my money's worth, you bastards. Dancing with the Stars is on there now. Isn't that crazy? Do you see that? Really? Dancing with the Stars is only on Disney Plus. It's not on ABC anymore. Wait, really? Crazy. Yeah. Like it's, it's not live. On it's live, it's on, live Disney on Disney Plus. If you go on on Mondays, there's even a countdown. It's like live in eight hours. Blah blah blah. Crazy. Jeez. They really want you to fucking subscribe. Cause I mean 
there's that not a money maker for them? Maybe it's like I, season eighteen. Like, come on, jeez, crazy. I, I, I guess this is what they do, bro. This is what they do: taking shit off of their prime time cable network TV for Disney Plus, a streaming service. This is just. I can't wait, bro. It's coming down hard soon. You'll see. Uh, so with that all being said, Gomez, eh, I'll tell you later. Peace. One, two.